0: So you've got me on my soapbox now for sure, guys. It's really, I don't don't like an unfair world and it doesn't have to be like that. And so what can I do? All I can do is create a place of love. And if people want to come to a place of love and feel they can be themselves, but grow for themselves and stretch themselves and see things in a different way and look at life from a different lens, it might be rose-tinted spectacles and I might be an overly ambitious optimist, but hell, somebody has to be.
1: Welcome to the Innovative Founder. The show where entrepreneurs get real. real. These are the raw, the gut wrenching, often hilarious, sometimes shocking, and definitely entertaining stories of innovative business founders who are making their beautiful dent in the world. No BS, no posturing, and no narcissists allowed. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the unscripted adventures on today's episode. Now, here's your hairless hosts, Bob Regnerus and Brendan Boyd.
2: Welcome, everybody. Welcome to today's show. Excited to have you. Excited to have our guest, Jill Tiny. Bob, what's going on in your world? What's going on in Chicago?
3: Not much because Bob has COVID. Oh, (laughs)
2: God. Isn't this like the eighth time you've had it or something? Have you... Don't you get no, like, a badge the, from the CDC or something? Like, no,
3: this is the first time I've had it. Oh, okay. So I have avoided it for two years, have so you? I should okay. get a badge for that. <laughs> no, I am not a frequent getter of this.
2: <laughs> COVID avoider.
3: So, yeah, it delivers everything it promises. Fatigue, <laughs> muscle aches, fever, the whole nice. gamut. And still testing positive a week out. So I it completely messes up our plans and all that. And it's affecting my golf game. And I'm not too happy about it.
2: There's something else that causes fatigue and muscle aches, and that's called jujitsu. And I did that this morning. And there was three black belts in the room, and there was two of us lower belts were fodder for them. And so yeah. Yeah. So I, I'm with you. I understand soreness <laughs> and fatigue.
3: <laughs> yeah so, yeah. so yours is self inflicted mine is virus right right, right like, I yeah. so it.
2: we can have the same outcomes, we can get the same thing, just different routes. So,
3: I get it, but yeah. Yeah. yeah, so for those of you that, there's been very few people in this world that haven't had it, so yes, right. I guess I've joined the club, I've got my uh badge, um <laughs> I can go to the meetings now, right, right, you know, and I can say, hey, you know, it's been one month since my last covid infection, you know. <laughs> So yeah, it's, it's, it's strange. It's just, you know, I thought I had avoided it all these years and here you Mm. go. And I have no idea how I got it. So Mm. here you go. So you deal with it and you're on on the mend. Yes. Glad you're on the mend. Yeah. I'm really excited. This is a really cool conversation we had today. I think I told you off air that this show is giving us opportunities to meet people that I'm not sure you and I would have had an opportunity to meet. This is right. This is a pretty interesting individual that we interviewed today. Yes,
2: yes. I really enjoy her fire, her passion, and learning about just kind of the mission she has and and the movement she's starting about collaboration um, across the world. And, and, you know, it's nice to see someone have the courage to maybe step into and approach business entrepreneurship with a softer approach. So much of what is out there is about hard lines. And kind of like we, she mentions in the, in the interview is competition and right. bottom lines and all these hard edged matrix around business where her approach is something with love and compassion and no competition and abundance and collaboration. And I got to say it, by the end of the, the interview, I became a believer. Oh, you were converted? I was. I was. <laughs> I was. I've been converted for a few things in my life and so yeah.
3: Yeah, you, you love to join these things. So oh, yeah, yeah, no, yeah. I I'm I think it, um I, I here here's what I'm feeling is that we set out to do a show where it wasn't about tactics, it wasn't about pulling a notebook out and getting a bunch of ideas and then going and doing things. I think you and I left a lot of space for this show to be about connecting to really interesting people. And I think so far it is completely over-delivered to us our expectations so we are having conversations about bigger ideas yes there are concrete fundamental things that you could definitely take notes on but I think what I'm most excited about is that we're interviewing guests that are getting us to just stop and think Mm -hmm. and our world is void of people who are just comfortable sitting down and thinking that is that. a huge huge shame right you know the 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 variety of guests are dealing with things that aren't easy necessarily to explain they you hear in this episode i try to help you get a picture for what she's trying to build mm-hmm. and in fact she said you've circled completely around it and come back to the center which is exactly the whole purpose of this thing is that there are often things that are being created, being discussed that don't have a definitive box or description. And I think you and I, at our point in this uh, of our lives are like really comfortable with that, right? Mm-hmm. It's no longer about black and white. There are, mm-hmm. there are, there is amazing geometrical designs that uh, we're exploring that we haven't explored before. And we're meeting people that are just really good humans that are trying to do really good things. And, you know, I, I like to think we're alternative media and alternative media mm. means one thing. But essentially, we're we're putting things out there where you actually listen to this and it makes you think. Mm. And I think that's what's been the biggest joy for me in this sh- in this show so far is we're meeting people and being reintroduced to people that are helping us think and showing us that they're actually doing good things in the world versus all the shit that we read and hear on a daily basis.
2: Completely agree, completely agree. With that, let's begin our interview with Jill. Anything else you wanna add, Bob?
3: Yeah, Jill Jill Tiny, which is a great name. She's part of a movement called Collaboration Global Community, and you can find more about her at collaborationglobal.org. And yes, we can't wait for you to hear this conversation with Jill Tiny.
2: Hey everybody, welcome to the innovative founder show today. Gosh, I almost said podcast. and I'm not supposed to do that. Bob slaps my hand every time. So welcome, (laughs) everyone. Welcome. Welcome. We're excited to have you today. We've got a lovely guest all the way from England calling in. But first, Bob, how are you?
3: Oh, I am great. I am excited to have a a new friend on today. Her name is Jill Tiny. And we Probably would have butchered it had we not right. asked you how to pronounce right. your name. So right. welcome in from all the way from West Sussex. How are you?
0: I'm very well, thank you, guys. Yeah, appreciate you getting my name right. That's just the, the first step. <laughs> good well start. done. It's off a good
3: start, right? <laughs> broadcasting, broadcasting one on one. Get the guest name right. <laughs> right. Okay, we've got that. Kind so. of a good idea. Yeah. Pick <laughs> that box So, Jill, you're in a
2: village. Yeah. You were in London. We were just chatting a little bit before. you we were in London. You're in a village. Mm-hmm. Tell us about village life. Just, I, I'm just curious. Just to jump right in, what what what's the what's the big contrast?
0: you know what the big one of the biggest differences? you go for a walk along the road, and people say good morning, hello. I oh. don't know who they are, but they're interested <laughs> in you. It's amazing. You can't you can't walk anywhere without somebody having a conversation. So I might pop to the local shop. We've got a little general store, and that's like an hour later because I've chatted to three or four people and stopped and. <laughs> You have to give your life story. And everything. It's lovely, really nice. Love everyone knows everyone else. It's just like you know what you see on TV soap operas, and you mm. think, oh, it's not like that in real life.
3: Mm. Oh, it's it like—is is, is it like a Hallmark Channel movie where life <laughs> yeah. just slows down <laughs> and everybody's lit in real, like soft lighting and yes. every- exactly romantic like music. That. Okay, oh, yeah, everybody's yeah, exactly. blindly happy, right? You know, all the dogs are friendly, right? Yeah,
1: yeah. everyone's oh, yeah. holding okay. hands. That, right. that's so
3: interesting you what what moved what moved you to move like um, what what took you to a village versus the busyness of london
0: well you know this thing called covid
3: yes <laughs> um, i know yeah, it very well, actually, I, actually it well. Have, I literally actually have it right now oh okay.
0: no bless you i've done that as well i've done exactly the same as you and at a two-hour presentation with, with covid so you have my sympathy but when we were in lockdown i couldn't get to my kids i've got two daughters One's in Portsmouth and one is in South London. And it took me as long, about two and a half hours to get to both of them, which was crazy mm. getting across London. And so when we had an opportunity, we looked at each other, me and my husband went, let's move. And we mm. found this house before we knew what the area was like. And we said, right, how far away from the girls? Quick check on our Google. We were 42 miles exactly from both of them, literally exactly. Mm. To both. And they're in opposite directions. And we went, we'll buy this house. This is lovely. And then we went, What's it like, around here?
3: Oh wow. <laughs>
0: so, yeah, And everyone has said, "Oh, you're falling on your feet. This is the prettiest village in the area. Mm. Everyone's so friendly. We've got three gorgeous pubs that you can go to, so there's never any entertainment lack of. We've got live bands that play on Friday night in one pub. It's just falling it. on my feet. It's lovely. You're coming you
3: come You are see- literally you're living a hallmark movie right now. You are? <laughs> I want to go to a pub <laughs> oh, in I
0: England in a
3: village. Right with friendly yeah. people. I want
2: to with go a
0: cricket field, with a cricket. Are you into cricket? You can come and watch cricket. And I watch don't cricket. even know what that is, but it sounds fun. <laughs> I know.
2: It's, 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 you, you hit a ball with something. A you stick. Get it. I don't you know. Get it. All right. All right. Good. Good enough. It's about, it's about how smart <laughs> I, think, I am about sports.
3: Well, there, there's a show on in the States. I don't know, Jill, if you are, it's Ted Lasso. Have you, no. have you heard of that? There's a show no. on Apple TV. It's called Ted Lasso. It's an American football coach who goes over to coach a soccer team in the English Premier League. And so, like, America's fallen in love with, like, wow. li- you know, watching soccer in pubs because of Ted Lasso. So that's okay. pretty cool I'll for you to that mention out. that.
0: Wow. Yeah, thank you. That is cool.
3: So you and I have something in common. You you mentioned or you didn't mention, we actually found this out, is that you married your your high school sweetheart and so did I. Like, that's Aww. part of my bio, too. What I met my wife. I was 16. She was 13. I think you met your were you 14 and he was, was 18?
0: Yeah. My daughters think it's disgusting. <laughs> <laughs>
3: yeah. Brandon also thinks you? I'm disgusting. But like sometimes you just can't help it. You it's can't, just lovely. It's lovely. It, it's it's you, know, also, you guys are both in a Hallmark movie. Oh, right. sweethearts. Right. We're, we're, we're like living this it is weird. So sweet. Sometimes Aww. you just find your person early Sometimes
1: in life.
2: Sometimes you do.
3: Well done. Bravo. Yeah. yeah. Hallelujah. So so tell us a little bit about being an entrepreneur and staying in a long-term relationship like that. What, <laughs> what's that like for you? <laughs>
0: do you know what we've worked together and we took a long time to work out how to work together, Mm. but it's, it's absolutely brilliant. And I don't think I could do it with anybody else, but him. And I've had a business partner. He's had a business partner and it didn't quite work out. That's not to say that I haven't done collaborations with other people that have been amazing, but sometimes that commitment is that when it's your life partner or somebody you truly trust. And as Brandon was saying earlier, when your values are aligned, it's much, much easier. And I think basically we were on this path together it was kismet, as they say. It felt yeah. right. So when we both worked for local government and it was a nightmare. So when my hubby had an opportunity to go self-employed and be a salesman, and he was a born salesman because he used to work on the markets. Mm-hmm. if you have markets like us, but it's like, you know, your, your veg, fruit and veg man would be yelling and selling fruit and chucking things about its kind of this East end atmosphere of fun and laughter. And he used to do, you know, when he was like 12, he'd work on a market stall. And then by the time he was 18, he had his own market stall, but he also worked for local government. So he was a, a natural born salesman. So he had a chance to go self-employed and he went. So I was supporting us paying the mortgage, working yeah. on something I hated while he mm. seemed to be having a lot of fun. So when the opportunity <laughs> to start a business came along, I'm like, go for it, go over it, go over it. That's the only way we're going to get out of this hell hole of working, I didn't like the idea of uh, being paid for a set amount of time and you have to be here at half past eight and you're not allowed to be oh, half past yes. five. And, yeah. oh, it just Often. drove me nuts.
3: That so drove he, me crazy too. Me too.
0: He he started the business uh, and I was like of an evening you know you you doing the envelope stuffing envelopes and doing mail shots and all that sort of thing before the internet was born and it was it was tough and then we had our children so I was kind of a stay-at-home mom which meant I was also working in the business but looking after the kids as well. And then I thought I'm not really interested in stationery. Didn't like my fire. Now a lot of people go, "Oh, give me a stationery catalog. I love it. I just want to live Addictions going on there. It's a bit weird, but there are a lot of people out there that love safety. <laughs> wow! Didn't, it didn't do it for me. So I went off and I became a teacher and I started a ballet school and I used to run the mother and toddler group. And then I helped out at the school. I, blah, 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 you keep busy, don't you? Yeah. And then we decided to get, so yeah, I came out of teaching because that is really stressful. Those people need mm-hmm. a hell of a lot more money for doing what they're doing.
2: Yes. Agreed. It's
0: the hardest job in the world and the most rewarding job in the world. But I was in an area where I wanted to take all the kids home with me because it was just really a rough place. Mm. And they don't let you do that. So no. I right. know. <laughs> no.
2: no, they don't really frown on it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's frowned upon. Definitely. <laughs> so I, I, s- I said, I'm going to have a term off and then I'll go back to it. I'll get myself back in the frame. And then in that first two or three weeks of being off, word got out and people were offering me jobs all over the place. And my husband went, well, you're not going to go and work for him. Why don't you come and work for me? And I said, I won't work for you. <laughs> Ah, work with you. There's so a
2: distinction worked. there.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Massively. let be clear. It wouldn't have worked if it had been that way. So we literally right. spent three days going, well, you're good at this, and I'm good at that, and I love this, but I hate that. And we worked it out, and we took responsibility for it. So he was very brave. In a business we'd started together, but he he realized that, you know, you take that bit, you go run with it, and he didn't interfere. And he had that bit, and he ran with it, and I didn't interfere. And it grew. After about three or four years, we had a business coach. You ever had a business coach? You should have a. Oh, oh
3: yes. We've yeah. all gone down that <laughs> yeah. road.
0: I love this guy, Andy Sleet. Let me give him a shout out. He was amazing. And he came to me and he said, Jill, how many people have you helped in the last week? And I thought, well, this one, that one. Yeah, but I suppose. He said, people keep coming to me. He said, I've had at least five people come to me and said that they don't need me because you've helped them with something. And I'm like, I'm really oh. sorry. <laughs> He wasn't angry about it. He just looked at me and said, why don't you go and get paid for it? I was wow. like you mean I can do that I just I never realized that my experience of life and starting the business was enough to kind of get me going as a business coach so I went off and I, I all of a sudden in 2007 I was a business coach and I loved it mm. I absolutely loved it and I never went back to teaching which was a bit sad because teaching grown-ups is kind of the same thing but without the crowd control and I just when you have that moment when you're sitting with somebody And they think they've got this choice or this choice. And then by the time you finish talking, you've mapped out, there's loads of choices and they go, Oh, I could do that. And then I could, Oh my God, then I could do that. So they've taken a bit of what their idea was and some of the ideas we've unpacked together. And there's that little magic moment when the penny drops and they're like, Oh God, I'm going to go and do that. And you know that they're literally, they're owning it and they're taking it and they go off and they do it. So I've absolutely loved doing that, but I've kind of, morphed into what I'm doing now which is looking after a community called collaboration Global because I've gone from what I enjoy doing and what's fun and is nice and earns a living to something I'm so passionate about that I think the whole world needs to listen which is why I'm here so I, can
3: <laughs> <tell>. <laughs> you, I love you, that so, so good Bob. well you said something really powerful in passing I don't know if you realize it Jill but you said my my life and experience were enough it's like you What what was that like? I mean, you said something very I don't know if you realized it was profound, but for me, it was like a whoa, like you had this moment where you realized, like you didn't need more training. You didn't need to go get a certification. You said my life and experience were enough. Tell me a Mm -hmm. little bit about that epiphany.
0: Well, that's in hindsight, that epiphany, because actually at the time I did go off and get training because I thought I needed to. And I sat there in this classroom with somebody teaching me how to be a business coach, realizing that I actually knew more than she did. Okay. You want to sit down and I'll take the class because this isn't quite what happens in real life.
1: Mm, So at that
0: point on, I'm like, why am I bothering searching and getting more knowledge and information All I I have, I have plenty and that's where it started. It didn't mean I stopped learning. I'm a vociferous reader. I'm always going on little mini courses. I'm lucky and blessed in our community to have so many clever people around Mm. me. I'm constantly saying (laughs) one-to-one and then I just absorb all the information, but it took a long time for my insecurities, which I now look back and I can see where the seeds were planted of that to go. No, I'm I'm good, thanks. I actually I'm quite clever. I know this stuff, and I'm going to own it, and I'm going to be that person that the person in front of me needs me to be.
2: I appreciate you saying that because I think I you know part of a hurdle in my brain is is okay. Well, I, I've got to run and build a one, ten, five million dollar company before I'm qualified to be someone else's business coach, or marketing coach, or, or whatever coach. Mm -hmm. And it sounded like your experience was someone who had beautiful intentions, but really didn't never got their fingers dirty in running the nuts and bolts of a business was that kind of and that 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 exercise and getting trained by by someone who hadn't done it, but they're still having the confidence to get up and train gave you the courage to say, wait a minute, I can do this and I can do this more effectively because I actually have the experience. Is, Is that is that what I'm hearing? Is that kind of how it worked out?
0: Yeah, I mean, my my whole philosophy now is there is no right or wrong. My experience at the time when I started is I'd run a business for so many years. I'd started a business that had failed. So I knew what that felt. We'd worked with a business partner who'd run out on us. So we knew what that felt. We'd had Mm. experience of raising funds. We'd had business of having no money whatsoever, in fact, minus money. So I felt like life experience and being in the business and working in the business and doing the donkey work and finding out, well, doing (laughs) that worked and doing that work. So realizing that there isn't one size fits all and it kind of frustrates me now where you have these business gurus that you go, dude, I did this and I'm a 10 million pound company and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. You do exactly the same as I do and you're going to get that. Really? Maybe not. Mm. You know, We're not yeah. all the same. We've all got different ways of doing things and some of it is going to be great stuff and you can utilize it, but you've got to still do it your way and feel your way and understand what you're looking for and understand the bits that are missing in your business. So it's understanding the concepts before you go out and throw money at the problem. Mm -hmm. It's like the Facebook ads. I mean, I thought they were the Holy grail. Mm -hmm. And unless you've got a business where you can throw thousands at it, it's probably not going to work for you. So I've seen so many different people lose a fortune by trying a dibble here and a dabble there and, and no strategy and no plan and no concrete idea of why. And it's just, so don't do Facebook ads. You know, there's other things you can do that aren't going to cost you a fortune and put you, you know, with, without a business where you lose your business because of it.
3: Really, really, really profound because that that whole approach, you know, what most people want to do is like, oh... I want to create this army of robots right or clones like i did it this way you need to do it this way too and oftentimes the only reason it works is because it's timing it's your unique set of gifting it's your own circumstances and that just can never be duplicated i mean the human race and time is so complex and fractal there's no way that you can, I mean, it's so hard to capture lightning in a bottle, right? I mean, like yeah. thinking that, okay, I did it this way. And if you just copy me, you're going to achieve the same success. I think logically we know that is a complete crock of bull, but yet so many people buy into that. Why, mm. why is that? What, what are they, why would they do that, Jill?
0: Well, I saw some research many years ago where you look at people like Zuckerberg and Steve Jobs and everything, And it wasn't just about what they did, which was amazing, but it was time and place. Yeah. And everything comes together at Mm. the right time and the right place. And don't get me wrong. There are people out there like you come across BNI, Business Network International. You guys know it's a networking organization. Yes. Yeah. I've heard of it. They have, this is the system, you go through the system, and this is what you churn out at the other end. And some people come away going, oh, it's rubbish. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. Well, do you know what? If you're certain people, certain trades, certain businesses, yes, it will work if you do exactly what they tell you to do. But if you're going off piece and not doing what they say you do, it's probably not going to work. So it can be a sausage machine from that space. But if you're a service-based industry, it's much more difficult. So then you get this bad rep about, oh, it doesn't work. So I think there are some businesses, if you've got some marketing, and this is a strategy, I'll give you my strategy, this is what I did, then if you're a similar business to that and you do 90% of what they do, you're going to get some of the, the, you know, the comeback. It's going to work for you to a certain extent. But what really works is when you kind of suss it out for yourself, that I did this, that worked, I did that, that didn't work, so I'm not going to do that again. But then understanding why that bit worked. Was it a Tuesday? Was it because you posted on LinkedIn at seven in the morning or nine in the morning? And it's just all those little things that, to be honest, for me, I'm not great at detail. I need other people to show me that. And for many years, I was the best kept secret. I had all this content and nobody knew about it because I was <laughs> posted at the wrong times to the wrong platform. So, so it's understanding how to do all of that kind of stuff. So, yes, you can get advice and knowledge and learning from other people, but don't take it as gospel. Mm-hmm. It's just how they did it. You can take little bits. And if it works for you, keep it, great. But if it doesn't work for you, then kind of be strong in your own skin. It's your blooming business. You Nobody else knows it like you. Get a, a business coach that can support you and help you for sure, somebody who has walked the talk and knows what they're talking about and has been there and just come out the other side and then do what you feel is right it's a bit like being a mom you get all the advice in the world Hmm. and i know this because i had my daughter's baby shower on saturday all the advice (laughs) in the world was coming her way Yeah, but you've got to do your own thing you know you got to do your own thing
3: hey founders we know you're enjoying this conversation with jill tiny today Our friend Jill Tiny from West Sussex, England. That's easy enough for me to say. She is part of a movement called Collaboration Global. Um, You can find more about her and this community at collaborationglobal.org. This is everything that you hoped a group would be and everything that you haven't heard of yet. That's the best way for me to describe this. This is a place where people can feel belong. They could talk about big ideas. They can support each other. And I think it is an amazing opportunity that Brandon and I are sure to check out. we love for you to check it out too, collaborationglobal.org. Now back to the show.
1: You're listening to The Innovative Founder. Now, back to your hosts, Bob Regnerus and Brandon Boyd.
2: There was a trend that was happening in the internet marketing space 15 years ago. And it was this idea around blueprints. And it was just around, you know, that it was very popular. And I bought my share of them. Like if here is a blueprint, here is a, here is what you do. If you did this precisely like the the blueprint lays out, you're going to have a high level of success. And here's the thing. I, I, I believed it, but the problem is there was nothing interesting, creative, personal about a blueprint. There's no way to make it your own. There's no way to take this If, well, if if I know if I follow these steps, like this guy says, I'm probably going to make a lot of money or I'm going to have this or whatever. Well, great. And then I remember beginning to start these blueprints and Mm -hmm. bored out of my skull. Like, gosh, this is like, this is just like reading a textbook. It's like, okay, I can do this. But I, this idea of ingesting your personality, your passion, your, your excitement, creativity, whatever lights your fire into business. That's the fun of the journey of entrepreneurship. Mm-hmm. And yeah, we we all want to have a level of, of income and wealth. Absolutely. But what I hear you saying is kind of validates that is, okay, here's here's the denominators that people are saying you've got to have. And yes, there's got to be some foundational things around business. But then there's a lot of stuff that's just up for interpretation and fun and play and let's try it and experimentation and what if and what about. Yeah. And I, I don't know about you, but I think that for me is what's exciting about entrepreneurship is, is this lights going off, creativity, that kind of a thing.
0: Yeah. Oh, hundred percent. I love the fact that I'm just trying to backtrack now. People buy what solves their problem, but they also buy you. And mm. if they, if, as you say, that personality is coming through, I don't know if you guys have a national curriculum for your schools in, in the States, but we have a national curriculum and everybody slavishly follows it. And it's yes. exactly like a blueprint. It's so called
3: Common you, Core in the States. Okay.
0: Mm. So you get this kind of education. Mm-hmm. Now, if a head teacher was brave enough to say to their staff, well, you and you follow the national curriculum, but the rest of you, I know you're good teachers, knock yourself out. So long as we're going to hit these certain targets, you're up, do your own thing. And then you get personality and then you get inventiveness yes. and you get creativity. And it's the same with your business you know, own it and kind of just enjoy it and have fun with it and get your personality into it. And then people are going to be saying, oh, but you, I'm an introvert. I I can't really, I can't be loud. I can't do videos. (laughs) There's other ways to get your personality into your business. If your thing is being spreadsheets, if your thing is detail, you know, detail driven person, well, there's beautiful ways that you will attract other detail driven people and other people that go, oh, give me a spreadsheet. I love it. The likes of me, not so keen on spreadsheets, will be going, okay, you have a nice business over there. (laughs) That's fine. But you want to attract people that you're going to get on with. You want to attract people that you're going to feel comfortable with. You want to attract clients you're going to enjoy working with. Mm. So you have to put some element of your personality in there and Mm. illustrate what you're after in your client. It's like we always, I don't know about you guys, I always have a one to one with people, not so much for them to find out about me, but for me to find out about them to go, I'm like, I going yeah. to enjoy working with you. Cause I, yeah. I'm only going to do it. Because I have fun. <laughs> yeah.
2: Exactly. That's too yeah. short,
0: isn't it? And I've worked with right. grumpy people. I've worked with right. a narcissist before and that was really not easy. And mm,
2: I'm, like,
0: ah. I'm not doing that again. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, well. when, all right. So when was the moment you knew he was a nar- he or she <laughs> was a narcissist? I'm assuming it's a guy. Cause you know, it's all about the guys we hold about about guy. ourselves. Right. <laughs> Well, what was the what was the tell me the story? What was the moment you realized, oh, wait a minute, there's something wrong here. You
0: know, I was suspicious when he asked to meet me in London. He was had a business out of town and he wanted to spend the day together. And by lunchtime, he said to me, the reason I've asked you out for the day is to find out if you really are as good as you seem to be. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> okay. I'll tell All you right. that. Yes, I am. I am. That's okay. So I was in two minds. I felt suspicious at that point. There was something that didn't, you know, you go with your intuition. Yeah. It wasn't something that felt right.
3: right. But I
0: went down the old school of oh, of good money. <laughs>
3: uh, <laughs> so yeah. I
0: went to his office and I met his staff and the way he treated his staff and the atmosphere mm-hmm. when I walked in there, you could feel the toxicity in mm-hmm. the room. So then I convinced myself that I was doing this for his staff because I was there to work with them to support them okay. and to open the London office, which I did. And I lasted six months, but I, I sort of said, that's it. I've done enough. And he was furious that because it, it mm. reflected back on him. I'm like, I'm sorry, I can't do this anymore. Yeah. And, and then he just he he ripped me to shreds in front of everybody. And everyone afterwards came up, going, "He does that all the time. You just have to get mm. used to it." I know like, I don't actually. <laughs> no, you
2: don't. No, you don't. Yeah. yeah, it
0: was so sad. And he's a very successful man, very successful, but I, I couldn't. I, it wasn't right. I just couldn't do it. I wasn't enjoying myself.
1: I wasn't mm. happy.
3: Jill, you strike me as somebody who's incredibly grounded. I mean, you fantastic, like energetic, joyful person. Take us back to your childhood. I know it wasn't all roses and sweets.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, it wasn't really. So I'm in the East end of London. My dad's a docker. My mum's a carer. We had very little money. So I'm not hundred years old, but uh, <laughs> we had no central heating. We had no bathroom. We had an outside toilet and we had no hot water. Hmm. So we lived on the first floor flat up to the age of me being six years of age before we moved and lived in with my nan. And times were tough. I remember when we got a fridge. I remember when we got a telly. We didn't have a phone till I was about 12. So it, and my, because my dad works in the docks, I don't know if it was similar for you guys, but there was a lot of strikes in the 60s. So I grew up 60s, seven. So I was born in 63, work it out, big birthday next year. And he, he always gave us the impression that there was money to be had. Mm. and he was a good east end boy so he worked very hard but often when the docks were on strike there was no money coming in so i didn't realize that on a sunday we might have had a roast chicken and on a monday there might have been a bit of leftovers and on tuesday then we would have soup from the bones and we never had meat for the rest of the week (laughs) it was just Mm. like maybe a bit of fish Mm. on friday if we were lucky but he never gave us that impression that we were poor i didn't know that until i grew up and looked back and went oh that must have been tough for my mum. Wow. We used to have a tin bath in front of the coal fire on a Friday night. And I just cannot imagine what that must have been like. So all my life, wherever I've pushed myself to exceed, I've gone, well, even if we fail and we have to move back down market or we have to move into something else, we will always have central heating. We will always have an inside toilet and a bathroom and hot water. (laughs) I'm not going to complain about anything. So every house we moved to, as we were, business was getting better and everything. So we pushed ourselves and pushed ourselves. And my answer was, my husband's like, I don't think we can afford it. I don't think we can afford it. And I was like, look, if we're only here for one year, that's a bonus. All right. So Mm -hmm. if we can stay for one year, we've had a brilliant time. If we have to move down, so be it. And we went through phases where we lost a fortune and we had no money. And I didn't, we didn't spend any money on anything for like two years. And our friend said, oh, come out for, come out for dinner. We can't afford it. Oh, all right, then let's have a takeaway. We can't afford it. <laughs> and they just didn't realize that we didn't buy any clothes. We didn't buy everything. was from the, the cheap aisles of the supermarket. So I know what it's like to have no money. And I know what it's like to have enough money. I know what I prefer, but money isn't my, is on detra. I've been very wealthy all my life. Even when we've had no money, I've had love. Mm-hmm. And that's wow. all you need.
3: Love that. Love that.
2: Um,
0: love
3: that. No, there's obviously a, a ragtag bunch of teenagers that wrote a song about all you need is love <laughs> 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 probably connect with. But that, that's a very, again, Jill, you're a profound person and you say things very like matter of fact, but what you said there was, was really quite profound. Like what, what was it that allowed you just to live that philosophy that like wealth, like I've been a wealthy person all my life. What, what deep down inside you allows you to live that or believe that
0: i think it was just my dad i was very close to my dad and you know even down to can we go on holiday We'll yeah 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 we'll see we'll see we'll, we'll work it out we'll work it that was his thing we'll work it out so i never really worried about whether we could or we would we'd find a way and mm. that's that's the sort of situation that we're in at the moment. You know, whenever there's anything else, like, oh God, uh, we'll find a way. Be all right, we'll find a way.
3: Do you find that translates to the way you approach projects and, and opportunities? Do you have that just kind of like, most of us have this low level anxiety before we launch something like, what if it doesn't work? I know I'm speaking out of my own mouth here, but it <laughs> seems like you have this be like, okay, maybe it, like, how, how do you approach that? I don't want to put words in your mouth. Do you look at that differently?
0: We all get anxiety. I'm sorry okay. to break it to you, but we all get anxiety. I've got <laughs> ways of dealing with the anxiety. But this this is what comes into collaboration. So I look after the, the
2: pub, pub, right? It's the pub. Is that oh, what the you pub. do? That in the, helps, the pub? That, helps.
0: Uh, that helps. But it's people
2: asking, you know.
0: Brandon, when you come over, we'll go to the pub. All right, <laughs> right. all right. I'm, I'm, I'm so, so in. That. It's a I'm day, so it's in. a day.
3: Can't wait. Actually,
0: we'll do a pub crawl, which you'll, you'll oh, Love <laughs> but it. But the community I look after now is Collaboration Global and I just feel that on the planet, anything that if you bring people together, there's a solution to be had. So Mm. nothing is impossible. If you look at poverty in the world, if you look at a lack of food in the world, there's plenty to go around. It's just badly distributed. So if you can find a way and you get other people together, other clever people together, somebody, even I've got an 11-year-old who I call my best friend, Daisy, and some of the things that she comes out with is like, whoa, you nailed it. The clarity this girl thinks with is amazing. So bringing people together that are looking for a solution, who are not worried about the differences that are in the room, they're more worried about the talent and the genius and the, the natural innate sense of how we can do this, we, we come up with solutions. So when we start a new project, for example, we had a live event a couple of months ago and we started up with six people like, yeah, come on, let's do it. And then one by one, there was only three of us And I was like, oh, is this going to carry on? But it's like, no, come on, we said we're going to do it. And we we had our purpose in place. We had our vision in place. We knew what we were doing. And it was fantastic. It was amazing. And it Mm. was hard work. Don't get me wrong, it was hard work. But what we learned from it was phenomenal. And I've done other stuff like this before. The classic is the ISO 14001, which is the standard, the international standard of working collaborative relationships.
1: Mm.
0: And I started that for our company, And it was agony for me because the detail was just so intense. And Mm. I had somebody helping me, but then we got the third person in on it. And what we realized once there were three of us, that's when the magic started to happen. And I just feel that when you've got three people in the mix who are as passionate as each other to get something done, and we were one of the first SMEs in the UK – to have that standard. And then when it went global and it became an ISO rather than a UK standard, we were, I think, the second SME in the world to get it. And because the three of us were working together, we actually informed the standard when it went from a, a UK standard to an international standard, because we were doing things that weren't on the original standard. And this guy that came to audit us. I was looking. He was ticking boxes, and he's like, "Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah," and he's doing his in Oh dear! Oh, I don't know. I was like, "What? What? What? what have we? What have we missed out on?" He went, "Well, actually," he said, "You've not missed anything." He said, "But you're doing something that's really quite good that I haven't got a box for, and I don't know where to put it." Ah.
3: Uh-huh.
0: <laughs> he said, "But." could we do a case study on you? Would that be all right? Okay, if you like. And that bit that he added into the standard, which when, when it was UK, British standard, went up to be the international standard. So for the three of us working together, when I found it really hard on my own, put those two other people in, and we've we've done something that's affected other people across the world. Mm. A small, small bit of affected something, but we've mm. we've had that impact beyond us. And that's how we see collaboration is three of you get together, Don't just do it for the money, which is kind of what people do at the moment. Do it for the difference you can make either to the people that you are helping or change it to another market or teach people what you know or pay it forward to help some people that are less fortunate than yourselves. So every collaboration that comes together, other people are going to be benefiting from the original idea that started.
2: I hope you're enjoying our interview today with Jill. Are you someone that has a mission-based business organization? Do you have a vision that you're trying to cast? A lot like Jill. Jill is in the business. Her business is actually collaboration worldwide. And the way Jill is doing this is by amplification. And if you haven't thought about it, video is the best, most effective media for amplification of a vision that you can cast. So we are excited to be working with Jill in this environment and hearing about this. And we've already discussed about future connection with her and engagement with her in her organization and we hope you'll consider feed stories as well as someone to amplify your business you can find out more about us at feedstories.com and you can book a call with bob and i and we can talk about how to amplify your business using video
1: you're listening to the innovative founder now back to your hosts bob rickneris and brandon boyd
3: so what kind of things are you working on? So let, let's dig in some of the details of what your company actually does. So collaboration is a big concept, right? So give us some give us some details or examples. Like these are the types of things that we work on and the people we work with.
0: So basically we hold the space at the moment. It's just an organization that holds a space for people to come together to learn about themselves because you can't collaborate unless you've done a bit of work on yourself. It makes life more difficult. If a collaboration is going wonky and you don't know what your triggers are or your limiting beliefs or, you know, all of those things that kind of wind you up and then we have a problem, then it's going to collapse and die. But if you've done some work on yourself and you've come to that realization of who you are being and what your values are and what your purpose is, then you can actually mend whatever's gone wrong and and move forward. So then we look at business collaboration. So we give a lot of education around how to collaborate. So the book's out there, the online course is coming. So we're talking a lot about the being of collaboration, but also the doing of collaboration. And then the third part of the, the trilogy is the pay it forward scenario. So when you understand who the hell you are, you put that into your business, which becomes more successful. You then join up with other businesses, other business owners, other leaders to make an impact for the benefit of humanity. Now, for me, the big picture is that it's not a business, it's a movement. And Mm. that movement is about creating a culture that can grow. And the culture that isn't currently in the world at the moment. This culture is, is about love and connection and abundance. And if you look out there in the real world, it's all about fear and scarcity and competition. Mm -hmm. Like So what would it be like if the culture that we've got in our small community at the moment, what if that grew? What if there were 500,000? What if there were a million? What if there were 5 million? I just have this vision of the government saying to everybody, right, this is a new law and we want you to do this and this. And we'll go, actually, we're already doing that. So we don't have to, we're not worried about what your laws are because we're doing... The best for everybody. Every decision that gets made is a unilateral decision. It's not one person in charge. It's not top down. There's no hierarchy. It's a come together to support and help each other and make things better. And it's always done with the let's not set a precedence that might damage people along the way. And it's coming together to listen and care and share and support, learn from each other and then do something, take action to help each other to just make the world a better place. Now, that might not happen in my lifetime. I get that. But if that's the starting point that everybody comes to every conversation with, mm. then we can have grown up conversations.
2: Mm. I love that. Jill, can you give us an an, an example, an exemplary story that, that perfectly illustrates this? Like this vision you have that you just cast for us. Give us give us a a story of how this was put into action with a client or or whatever.
0: So a classic story that I love is the day after the Brexit vote in the UK, we had one of our monthly meetings, and as you can imagine, emotions were running quite high. And somebody came up to me at the meeting, and went, I, "I think we should I, we need to talk about this. I, I just I don't think we can have the meeting. We, we've got a council meeting. We, we've got to talk about Brexit. Just it's horrendous what's happened. This is absolutely awful." And I mean, she was so. Beside herself. And I was like, okay. I said, but if we have this conversation and I agree, it would be a really good idea to do it. Collaboration global rules. And that is with love from a a foundation of love, connecting to other people, listening carefully and making sure we respect each other. Mm. Yes, you say, okay, we'll do that. So, ironically I thought it was central London I thought this was going to be leaning to one side but no it was really quite evenly 50 50 and we had an, a, a conversation for about an hour and it was very emotive there were people that were very upset very upset but they all paid each other a huge amount of respect and after and they were listening and they were taking it on board and there were tears it was very emotional and after about an hour I, I wrapped it up and said thank you so much I really appreciate you doing it and as I was just wrapping up as one, they stood up and they went and they hugged each other Mm. and they were crying on each other's shoulders. Now people were saying, I haven't changed my mind. I still think we should have stayed in Europe or I still think we should have come out, but I never saw it that way before. I didn't realize that was going on. I've got a whole new view about it. Thank you so much for sharing and telling me stuff that I didn't know. And that is the basis for every conversation. So it's like co-glo rules. We've discussed black lives matter. We've discussed what creates depression. We've had one lady, say, and this is all from the community. One lady said, could we talk about what actually, what does it feel like to be loved? Mm. And I went, mm. yeah, that's, that's a good, good subject. And I thought, me being naive, that would take about 10 minutes of conversation. <laughs> we'll go on to something mm. else. Oh, my goodness, we needed the tissues. And an hour later, we were all, this was an online one, we all wanted to kind of hug each other. Another outcome of Collaboration Global is one guy stood at the front of the room, gave a fantastic presentation. He was a salesman and he was cool. And he happened to mention he hadn't spoken to his dad for a little while. How long's that then? About seven years. Okay, that's quite a long time to not talk to your dad. Fine. And a lot of us kind of went, ooh, you're missing out, mate. What, what are you doing that for? Bit by bit, people kind of nudged him and spoke to him and had a one-to-one with him. And with love, after about three months, he was like, "Oh." all right, right, right and he rang his dad. As a result of that phone call, he he booked a meeting for his dad to meet his children. So his dad didn't know he was a granddad. Those kids Mm. didn't know they had a grandfather. And because Mm. of the original argument, this guy had never spoken to his brother for seven years either. Mm. Now, what makes it even more interesting is that a year later, having really mended the relationship and had a wonderful time, the dad died. Now, had he never picked the flipping phone up, but he was quite happy not talking to his dad. But because we loved him, and this is like, it's not like, a, oh, he's a really nice guy. I think he's great. I love him. It's carte blanche. We love you. One of the things we say, and you'll hear me say this at any of our meetings if you come along, is that one of our values is human being first. We don't care how much money you earn or what you do for a living. We don't care if you are black or white or sky blue, pink or gay or straight or can't decide, male or female or somewhere in between, short or fat or tall or thin or old or young. We don't care. You are a human being first. Therefore, we love you. Because we love you, we trust you. Because we trust you, we respect you. And it's up to you if you want to lose that.
1: Mm.
0: And from that foundation, you can get a hell of a lot more done so much more done and it's fast. And, and yes, we are humans. So sometimes you get disappointed, but you know what? If your expectations are really high, <laughs> you really, people live up to them. People grow into that space. They become their best selves because they don't want to let you down because they know that integrity is at play and they, they want to be in that environment. They want to be in that energy. They want to be with people thing to care for them and they want to care back and it's like well if everybody did that Mm -hmm. it's not that difficult and we've got people in the room that rub up the wrong way sometimes but they work it out they don't walk away and throw their toys out the pram they get together sometimes with a third person if necessary and they work it out and they forgive and they move on
3: so Jill this is interesting this this has this has a flavor of of a mastermind group that many of us entrepreneurs are familiar with, but also yeah. has, it also has flavors of a support group or a 12 step group. Yeah. It has a club feel to it. So I, I guess I'm, I, I love this. Give me more, give me more deep. Like, is this, is, is this a place people join? Is this a place people apply to? Why would they come to something like this? What are they looking for? And, and, and what's kind of the objective?
0: The objective is to hold the space and explore okay. and people come because it feels right. We say it's a conversation. It's not a head conversation. It's a heart conversation. Okay. So if it just, and some people have come, you know, the techies bless them. They lo- love them. And this guy came and he said, I don't know why I'm here, but I just love, love it. He said, I can't work mm. it out. yet. I don't know what's in it for me. I said, look, there's nothing in, I'm telling you now, there's nothing in it for you but you could get gold out of this. I don't know what's going to come out of this for you. Depends how much you want to put into it. And over time, he got business out of it. He got personal development out of it. He got a change of strategy in his business out of it. He got so much out of it, but he did put a lot in. So he would turn up, he would show up, he would support people. He would help people with their websites. He would you know, create and give. So it's it's like life. It's a different way to live. It's a hmm. different way to be, but it's like life. The more you put in, the more you get, get out. So logistically, what happens is we have three meetings a month. One of them is a guest meeting. So you can come and try before you buy kind of thing, see what the vibe is like, get the energy. We have a platform where people can hang out on there rather than do the Facebook group or anything like that. There's lots of a huge amount of videos and education workbooks on there. There's accountability on there. So it's like, what are you doing this week? You say on the Monday what you're going to be doing, and people will encourage you and support you. And on a Friday, show up and did you do it? And if Mm -hmm. you did, great. If you didn't, what are you going to do next week? There'll be coaching and support if you want that. We've got live Q&A sessions. We've got 10-minute teachers, so you can dip into some topics that might be business or personal development. We have an Evolve session, which is like online going down the pub, which is fun. We have a members meeting where we set ourselves up for the month. And it's just living and working and being in a space. So we've got the little WhatsApp group. We've got the LinkedIn group. We're connected to each other. And what we do is we promote each other. We support. So if I see somebody else's LinkedIn post and they're part of our community, I'm definitely going to go in there and have a read and I'm going to put a little comment in there. We have our podcast. So all of our members get to be on there and I explore and they go, oh, I haven't done much. I'm not really, oh, I'm just a tech guy or I'm, I'm just, and I unpack what's unique and amazing and incredible and what their genius is. And one, it makes them feel great. But two, the people listening get to know this person that they thought they probably knew at a whole deeper level. So they get to go on the podcast and then we promote that. It goes out again and again. So we push it out to all our different areas. And then if any member sees that podcast, they go, oh, that's one of our lot. I'm going to share that. I'm going to put a little comment on that. I'm going to send it out. The same for Twitter, the same for our online publication that gets put out again and again. And if any of the communities see it, so everybody's getting their reach gets a bit bigger and a bit bigger because we're all helping each other and they're all connected it's, within the community. So they get to know each other really well. So it's
3: a, it's a tribe, it's a brotherhood, sisterhood, it's a community with maybe a different set of rules than maybe people would expect if they joined a church or like, you know what I mean? Like it seems like there's a lot of different things that you're doing that are much different that a lot of these Groups that people join hope to get, but never do. Seems like you're you're leading this based on a different paradigm and a different set of values that it. are quite unique.
0: I think what you've gone, you've just walked around the, the garden with that, Bob, because a lot of people try and put us in a box and they go, can Yes, I come, can I come to your networking group? And you go, it's not a networking right. group. Can I come to your personal development group? I'm not a personal development group. Yes. It's got all of that in it, but it's not those things. And I don't think you can put it in a box. And I think where well, you've just come all the way around the garden. And come out the other side, you've kind of gone, so it's a bit of everything, but it's nothing yep. like that. And it's and this is the whole point is we're trying to create a world that isn't yep. already out there so that we can try something new and fail if we have to. And mm-hmm. and people can come in and fall flat on their faces. You know, when you meet another business person, you go, How's business? How's it going? And you go, Oh, it's fine. Yeah, yeah. Smile. Yeah. You can say it's rubbish, your Collaboration Global, but oh no, what can Love I do you know? you know, you just want to help each other. And everybody Mm. does. It's human nature. You, everybody, if if somebody says, oh, I don't care about them. Ultimately that's a a bravado. And they're putting a barrier up to being connected. If you connect deeply with yourself and with other people, you do want to help. It's human nature.
3: Now you haven't got to the point where you're all wearing the same clothes and chanting things together. Right. Right. You haven't got to that point. Have you? Handshakes. Right. T-shirts.
2: That's next
0: week. That's next week. I do like the idea of (laughs) T-shirts.
3: Secret
2: handshakes. (laughs) I want a
0: T-shirt. Yeah.
2: Right. Lovely. Well, this is fantastic. And I I love your vision. I love how it's, it's already sounds like it's becoming infectious amongst the members that you're creating. You've kind of, I I kind of feel this already, but tell us a little bit about it. If you have, we, we call this segment of the 60 second rant or the soapbox. This and so, if, if you you have a message to give to the world, and you, this can be anything from what drives you crazy about Americans, and you know, which I'm sure there's plenty of things. <laughs> go ahead and rant, or it's fine. Or if it's or if it's just a soapbox, something you want to cast to the world that has to do with your vision, either is fine. It's we just like want to know a little bit more about you. So okay. go whenever you're ready.
0: Well, uh, don't like unfairness. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that stretches that through. So even as a kid, I remember being at nursery. So I was about three years of age and somebody pulled a chair out from somebody else. So they fell down and everyone laughed. And I'm like, that's not funny. Why would you do that? That's really mean. I didn't. Mm-hmm. So I, I that wasn't fair. Why would you be that mean to somebody? I get that some people laugh. I still don't laugh at that kind of thing. But all the way through to Russia invading Ukraine, why would you do that? You know, and it's like this, it, this unfairness, the, you know, how people, if, you, if you're black and you've been had a pullover, it's like, well, I've never experienced that. You know, just being pulled over because of the colour of your skin It's ridiculous. That's so unfair. It just really, really riles me. If, you know, Second World War, just because of your religion, just because you're Jewish, just because you're different. What is wrong with people? I was blessed to grow up in the eastern of London where I was the white minority in my class. There was one other girl in my class that was white and she was from New Zealand. Mm. So we had every nationality down our street. It was amazing. The food I got to eat was incredible when I went round for tea. I bet. It was, Ooh, was bet. brilliant. Oh. But I had, at six years of age, this glass ceiling break for me where my mum said to me after my friend had been round for tea, like we normally do, and she said, haven't you got any um, white friends?
1: do oh. you like, <laughs> what do you mean? Do you
0: mean? She's like, oh. well, you know. White. I'm like, oh, I'm lost, Mom, I don't know what you're going on about. And she, went, oh. she pointed to her hand, yeah, you know, white, white. Oh. And I'm like, oh, no, no, I don't. <laughs> and it was like, why is that? Now my mum would say I'm not racist, but at that point in the 60s, yeah. you know, it was she didn't know she was being wrong. Yes. And it's like, children don't know that stuff, but it yes. gets talked to them. So I don't like any ism. I don't like racism, ageism, anything, anything that's going to, sexism, all of these, and I've been a victim of that. You know, people, i worked in an office with 35 men when I worked for local government. Wasn't pretty. And that's how I learned to stick up for myself very, very quickly. So any ism is just not right. And I just believe that we're coming to that space because of COVID when we realize what's important in our world. We miss connection. We miss hugging each other. We, we, you know, there are too many people isolated, and they don't need to be isolated. They could be part of of humanity, part of community. So I think community is very important. I think collaboration is the way we solve all of our problems because put a few people together, and you've got a solution. I also believe the solutions are already out there, and the reason they're not coming to fruition is because somebody's not making bloody money out of them.
3: i mm-hmm.
0: uh, and that's you know somebody can prove that wrong to me but it's like when can we stop that there are the 1% half a percent at the top of the tree that get far more than over 50% of the rest of the population in what planet is that okay it just and that's oxfam statistics it's like you know they throw out these every every year you know the richest people in the world and the poorest people in the world you can go and look it up and over the last 5 years that's really shrunk it used to be like 2% and now it's like half a percent and anyway so you've got me on my soapbox now for sure, guys. It's really, I don't, <laughs> I don't like an unfair world and it doesn't have to be like that. And so what can I do? All I can do is create a place of love. And if people want to come to a place of love and feel they can be themselves, but grow for themselves and stretch themselves and see things in a different way and look at life from a different lens. And it might be rose tinted spectacles and I might be an over overly ambitious optimist, but hell, somebody has to be.
3: And we're glad and we're glad there's people like you that do that. And we're so glad to give you a platform to share more people, share this with more people. Tell, tell us how people can join this amazing society.
0: Well, first up, come to the website, collaborationglobal.org. And on there, there's a little booking link where you can come to one of our meetings. They're always on the last Tuesday of the month, 3 till 5 UK time. So it might be a little bit earlier in the morning for you guys. And we've got people from all around the world. We haven't got anyone from Australia yet because it's nighttime for them.
3: So it's truly, it's a global community. It's not just people from, from the UK.
0: No, you will find people from, we've got Malaysia, Brazil, Spain, parts of Europe, Canada. Have we got some, I don't know if we are going anyone from America at the moment. They come to visit, but I haven't stayed. But yeah, it's just kind okay. of come along and enjoy the vibe. And even if you don't want to join the community and get involved with the other stuff that goes on, like the podcast and everything else, just enjoy the meeting. The guest meeting is just somebody said to me, it's like two hours once a month where they fill themselves up with hope and joy. I'm right, like, well, that's perfect for me. So yeah, come to a meeting, guys. It doesn't cost anything to come. You'll meet some incredible people. We have our guest speakers. Oh, they blow me away every flipping month. I'm just amazed that people will come. And it's just a feel-good vibe. And you learn stuff about yourself as well as for your business as well.
3: Well, I can't close Love the it. show any better than that, Jill. Absolutely. Thank you so much. What Thank a wonderful, wonderful so close. Much. What a wonderful conversation. So good to get to know you. We you appreciate do. what you're doing. Thank you, Jill.
0: Thanks, Thank you. I really appreciate this. Thanks ever so much.
1: Thank you for listening to The Innovative Founder with Bob Regnerus and Brandon Boyd. A show featuring the real stories of entrepreneurs making their beautiful dent in the world. If you like the show, let us know by leaving a rating. If you're an innovative business founder yourself with a story to tell, then you might just be our next guest. Reach out to us on InnovativeFounder.com and tell us your story. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you next time on The Innovative Founder.